Well, hello, everyone. This is Craig Ballantyne from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTFatLoss.com here with another great seven-day coaching call to help you get through the week, losing fat, staying lean, even through the holidays. And you may be listening to this on American Thanksgiving weekend, so I want to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody in the United States who's listening. We have a lot of you, and I was just down in the United States last weekend. I was visiting Boston, had a good time there, hung around a family with uh, some young kids, and I just read this research study that was taking a look at the activity levels of American youth, and they found that the number of steps taken maxed out at age six. So your youngsters are most active on their own at age six, and then it slowly starts to decline from there. And obviously, as we get older, we start to take fewer and fewer steps every day. But that was pretty interesting to find out that it was around age six. And I can believe it. Those kids were just nonstop. They couldn't sit down, and they were a lot of fun to hang around. And then after that, I went into New York City, and I met up with another trainer named John Romanello, who you've probably heard about. You may have heard me talk about him before. And so we had a workout, and uh, me and him and his girlfriend, his girlfriend's brother, we all went to the Jets game on Sunday, the New York Jets NFL game, had a great time there, planned out some new new workouts as well, and now I'm back in Toronto, settling in here for another seven weeks without any airports, so I'm really looking forward to the holiday season, traveling around the area just by car, but no more airports for a while. All right, but let's get into this week's seven-day fat-burning guide for you, starting with our transformation tip of the week for Monday, November 29th, and it's really going to apply to some people that ate a lot over the Thanksgiving weekend. Here's here's the deal. Here's what I wrote. We all make mistakes and we all have setbacks. Now that's going to happen, but when it does, you just need to do what you can to get back on track immediately. No need to punish yourself. Simply focus on what you can do to correct the situation. Learn th- from the mistake so you stop it from happening in the future. Okay? Stay strong, get strong, be strong, and don't let anything get in your way, even the holidays. Now, for this week's workouts, we are going to take a look at my current workout program. So on a four-day split with four relatively fast workouts, they're about 40 to 45 minutes. And in workout A, I start with the deadlift. So the first workout of the week for me after rest is starting with a deadlift. And I either do a six-repetition maximum, so I work up to a weight that I can do only six times, or I do two sets of 20 reps with a weight that's about 50% of my, well, actually not 50, probably about 40% of, no, wait, other way, probably about 60% of my maximum, and so I do two sets of 20. Now, I'm going to tell you why later on in this call I I either do the heavy or the high rep, but I choose one of those, and then I also do uh, Bulgarian split squats, three sets of 15 for each leg, and some type of plank or abdominal type exercise, and then a stability ball one-leg curl. So it's just four exercises there, but there's an extensive warm-up prior to that deadlift, so it does take about 40 minutes. Into Tuesday, we're going to do 30 minutes of fun activity. So for me, it's just walking the dog, and we're going to take a look at our research review. And it comes from the journal called Metabolism, and the title of the study is Effect of Two Weeks of Sprint Interval Training on Health-Related Outcomes in Sedentary overweight or obese men. So this study had 10 obese men between the ages of 25 to 40, and they were put into a two-week 
sprint interval program on a special electromagnetically braked cycle ergometer. And so this allowed them to do something called wind gate sprints. Now, wind gate sprints were created at the University of Wingate, I believe. I really truly believe I'm not, I'm not making that up. I'm pretty sure that was the name of the university where they developed these sprints. And basically these are 30-second sprints against a certain load on the, of resistance on the bike. And so you're really, really struggling to crank the repetitions at the end of the 30 seconds. And they're all-out sprints. And there's actually a full-on four-and-a-half-minute recovery between each one of these sprints. And so over the two weeks, they trained six times, so three times per week, and they only did four to six of these 30-second sprints in a workout. So it was a total of two to three minutes of exercise time, even though it would have taken over 30 minutes because they just would have sat there on the bike for the recovery period. But I've done these wind gain sprints, and they are really, really demanding. If you're doing four to six of them, I bet these guys were pretty close to vomiting in their first workouts. But they use these extreme sprints because in order to, when you do research, you want to use extreme models so that you can get results. And so what they found was simply doing these six workouts helped the subjects increase their VO2 max, so their aerobic power, and they didn't do any cardio, which is generally associated with increasing aerobic power, but all they did were these sprints. And they also found they had significant decreases in waist circumference and hip, hip circumferences compared with baseline. So the interval training helped them lose belly fat. And they, and they did lose more belly fat than they lost hip fat. But, of course, this was just 10 subjects, and it wasn't a controlled study. It was just 10 subjects taking a look at what happened uh, before and after. But bottom line, the researchers conclude that two weeks of sprint interval training substantially improved a number of metabolic and vascular risk factors in overweight and obese sedentary men, highlighting the potential for this to provide an alternative exercise model for the improvement of vascular and metabolic health in this population. And they're probably thinking, instead of having people go into the gym five or six days per week and do an hour and a half of cardio, which was you know, the recommendation 10, 15, 20 years ago, that by using this intense exercise like we use in turbulence training, that you can get more results faster and you can lose fat with interval training even without changing the diet. So that's very important. This is more support for interval training, although, again, what they did in this study is hard to replicate, uh, you know, because they're using specific bikes. But simply what we do in our interval training with turbulence training is you know that you do about six to eight intervals you do them for anywhere from 20 seconds to 60 seconds, and you're going not as hard as these guys went relatively. You know, they they were training at a much, not a much, but a higher level of intensity than we need to train at. Um, but they were using much longer recovery periods. And so we can get very good results in a shorter, a shorter workout time because we're not taking four and a half minutes of rest. But if you're not using interval training, please listen to me someday and consider using interval training in your programs. All right, now Wednesday's workout tip. Here's why I do the um, either heavy or high rep days in my program. So I mentioned that my Monday workout is either heavy deadlifts or high rep deadlifts, and then later on in the week I'm either going to do high rep squats or heavy squats. But what I do is I alternate. So one week I'll do heavy deadlifts and high rep squats, 
And then the next week, I'll do high rep deadlifts and heavy squats so that only one of those exercises is getting done heavy each week. Now, I've done the opposite, well, not the opposite, but I've done a different way where I've done heavy squats and heavy deadlifts in the same week, and it eventually will lead to trouble. Uh, whether you get injured or whether you're uh, overtrained and that your results start going in the opposite way if you want them to, you just can't do that unless you're a young kid. And so what I do is sometimes I may even just use bodyweight exercises for a squat, for the high rep squat day, but I'm alternating. One of them is getting the focus for strength, and the other is going to get the focus on high reps and muscle building. And basically, you end up getting better results with less risk of injury, and you still enjoy using those exercises. So that's what is working for me. And I also am able to increase my mental endurance with the high rep squats and deadlifts, uh, you know, pushing your limits. And even you're doing, though I'm doing 20 rep sets, 15 to 20 rep sets, you know, I'm really doing it with a weight that is a maximum 15 reps. And then I just take a little longer rest in between reps for those last five, and you're really pushing it. And if you want to gain muscle, picking up a heavy object from the ground 20 times is going to work. It works for farmers, and it works for construction workers, and it's going to work for you and I. All right, so on Monday I did that deadlift workout. On either Tuesday or Wednesday, I'm going to do my upper body workout, which starts with the stick-up exercise and medicine ball throws and light rotator cuff cable external rotations. And then I do a press in a row. Now, recently I've been using something called a football bar, which has these additional grips into it. So it's a regular bench press uh, setup, but the bar um, has these little handles in it, so it allows you to have your palms facing one another as opposed to palms facing towards your feet, and that is less external rotation on your shoulder and takes away stress off the shoulder. And so, you know, for me, I've had some rotator cuff problems, so this is much easier on it. And so I've been using that bar, lucky enough that my gym has that for my bench pressing, um, and then doing underhand seated row with the cable machine with a wide grip bar, and I just use an underhand grip about shoulder width part. And then the next superset in the workout is bodyweight tricep extensions using the rings. You can use a TRX, and then I pair that with barbell curls, and that's it, although sometimes I might throw in some pull-ups or chin-ups. All right, that's it for that workout. Again, quite quick. I was probably in and out of the gym in about 35 minutes, and I did that one today. Now into Thursday, our personal trainer Thursday. So we've got another quote from Alan Cosgrove, who is the man, the myth, the legend when it comes to helping trainers uh, do better with their business and with their training programs. And he had a quote here that said, that's really a challenge to trainers. He said, trainers and coaches who aren't confident in, in their ability will just try to hammer their clients every session, doing random stuff and just going hard all the time. But there's no skill in that approach. Smart trainers build progression into programming and are more concerned with their clients progressing and getting results than just hammering them all the time. Fatigue and soreness are not indicators of progress. So he's really doing a bit of a uh, you know, head check there for trainers who just want to go out and 
pound their clients into submission. But training is really much more of an art and science than just making really, really hard workouts for people all the time. You have to know what you're doing, and you have to give individual attention to everybody, even if you're in boot camps, and making sure that, you know, they might have a whole lot going on in their life that, that indicates they shouldn't be trying to train for maximum performance in the workout. So you have to adjust for that, and you have to train your clients smart. Into Facebook Friday, this is our Facebook question of the week, and this comes from Matthew Rumsey, who wrote, Hi, CB. Today I was trying to explain the benefits to a colleague of interval training, but I couldn't remember why it is so important to slow down right to a walk on rest periods. Can you briefly refresh my memory? Thanks. Okay, so he's referring to the recovery interval period, and obviously if you're on a bike, you're not going to go down to a walk. You're going to go down to a very low-intensity pedal. But the whole purpose is, and we saw from that research study before where they had four-and-a-half-minute recovery periods, is that you really want to focus on allowing yourself to work hard during the interval portion. Otherwise, you know, when people don't slow down, the intensity of the workout drops and they just end up doing a cardio workout. Now, it might be a high-intensity cardio workout, which is pretty good, but in the end, it's still a cardio workout and it's not a traditional interval training workout. So interval training is periods of high intensity followed by periods of low intensity, not periods of slightly higher intensity followed by periods of slightly of moderate intensity of regular cardio. So you have to make sure you drop all the way down. That is the purpose. You can't go and sprint 11 miles per hour and then drop to 8 miles per hour and then expect to run 11 miles per hour again for as long, you know, over and over and over again. But if you do 11 miles per hour and then you drop down all the way to a walk at three and a half miles per hour, that's going to allow you to recover and be able to repeat those sprints. It's the same thing as when you do a set of bench presses with 12 reps. You don't go and, and not recover. You don't go and do 50 push-ups. You recover for a minute, two minutes, and then you come back to the bench press. Otherwise, if you did 50 push-ups, you wouldn't be able to do that same weight, that same intensity with the bench press. So just like we have recovery in resistance training, we want to have recovery in interval training. All right, next up, workout C. So I usually train I usually train Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, but we kind of change this up a little bit for our Monday, Wednesday, Friday regular workout presentation in this call. And so workout C is the lower bo- next lower body workout. And so I do something called a depth jump, which is where you step off a small bench and you land on both feet and then you jump up as soon as possible. With your, you know, so you land with your knees bent and then you drive up. And I'll do five sets of two reps or sometimes four sets of four reps. And that's uh, a plyometric exercise which helps you improve your jump. And so I've always wanted to be as athletic as possible so I continue to train with jumps and you know, uh, sometimes some sprints and some agility stuff. I'm always trying to maintain my ability to go and play a pickup sport and do pretty well with it. And then after that, I either go into a box squat of uh, working up to my best three repetition weight or I do the full squat for 20 reps. And so it depends on whether it's my high resistance day or my high rep day. And then following that, we do dumbbell step-ups and glute ham raises and then some type of ab plank exercise for abdominal stability. And so that's it for workout C. Then we're going to move into Social Support Saturday. 
Now, usually I, I'm on the road when I try and do this last workout, and so I'm always usually training with somebody. So I was training with John Romanello and his uh, New York City apartment gym there on Saturday. And, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't prepare myself mentally as well as I should have, and we just went in, we kind of goofed around, we were talking too much, and so my workout wasn't as good as possible, but uh, certainly learned a couple things, just throwing some ideas back and forth. But uh, usually this workout gets a little cut short, but that's okay because the other three workouts are pretty darn good. But what I try to do is I do that same stick-up, medicine ball throw, and and rotator cuff warm-up. Then I do something called uh, the foam roller press, which you can see in my bench press video on YouTube. Um, It's similar to a board press or a rack lockout where you're reducing the range of motion in the bench press exercise focusing a little bit more on your triceps, eliminating the stress on the shoulder. And so what I do is really goofy looking, but I take, you know, I wear two shirts to the gym or a sweatshirt and I take one of those foam rollers and I stick it between the shirts. And so it's, you know, lengthwise. So there's a foam roller on my chest. And when I do the bench press motion, it only comes down as the foam roller and I drive back up, and again, that's kind of like the rack lockout or board press that you've seen on the Internet, and that will build tricep strength. Uh, it doesn't irritate my rotator cuffs and allows me to handle heavier loads than normal to build up strength for full range of motion bench press. And that exercise was one of the keys to helping me build my maximum strength a couple years ago, and, and I hope it's going to allow me to build my strength back up uh, to what it was. And I usually do a dumbbell chest-supported row or T-bar row and then barbell shrugs and then maybe some arms to finish off the workout. And then there was five more books that I wanted to share with you. Um, These are business books. So if you're a business person, these are five good ones here. Um, If you're not a business person, there's you might be interested if you're an Apple fan in two of these. So the first book was from George Foreman. His book is called Knockout Entrepreneur. And if you don't know, George Foreman helped sell 100 million George Foreman grills. It's pretty amazing. Now, there's been 10 million thigh masters sold. I read I read these stats in the most recent Wired magazine. And so there's 100 million George Foreman grills sold, 10 million thigh masters, 2 million of those shake weights have been sold. And only one million slap chops. I really thought the slap chop, there would have been more of those sold, but um, there's been a million of those sold. But uh, George Foreman, he has a great book on everything he did. Um, has a little bit of boxing in there as well, so if you're a big George Foreman fan, you should check out his business book. Then there's another one for consultants and managers called Getting Naked by Pat Lencioni. He has a, a bunch of great books that are written in story format, giving you business lessons. And then a book called Making Them Believe by Dan Kennedy. And then two books uh, about Steve Jobs. One was called The Presentation Secrets of Steve Jobs. And the other was called The Innovation Secrets of Steve Jobs. There's a lot of overlap in there, but both of them were great. Um, If you're not an Apple consumer, you probably will be after you read those books. It's very interesting to see how and why Steve Jobs does what he does. So those are five business books that I read this year that were good and I highly recommend. Now, finally, we're into Sunday Plan, Shop, and Prepare Day, and more information from another book that I read. So on the way back from L.A. after being at Bill Phillips' house, 
I received a book called The Life Extension Express by a man named Dave Kekich. I'm always quoting Dave with the Kekich credos, as you probably know. And so in his book, he said that we should get 30 to 50% of our food as uncooked, or 30 to 50% of our food should be raw food. And so juicing or, you know, my blender drinks and a salad at lunchtime will easily put you at that volume. And, in fact, that is what I do. So next week I'm going to share with you my new blender drink uh, methods or, you know, my strategy. I've changed it up, so now I have two, but um, I've switched it up from the past. So we'll talk about the blender drinks a little bit more next week. But at lunchtime, I tend to have salad where I have a whole bunch of spinach and broccoli and peppers and red onions and mushrooms. And I have even started adding in garlic uh, now. And then I'll usually I'll cook some black beans or scrambled eggs and mix that all up. Um, sometimes I cook more of the vegetables. I might cook the spinach, but there's a lot of fruits and vegetables that I eat over the course of the day. I also have a late afternoon snack of raw, raw vegetables and hummus. And then I also have at least one apple per day. And then in the blender drink, there's several, several, several servings of fruits. Now, this year, some of the foods that I've added to my life have included the garlic and the onions. And uh, surprisingly, I don't chew a lot of gum, but I have added those. I'm pro- I eat a lot of red onion these days in all the foods that I eat. Um, on Monday nights, I make quinoa, the grain, and I mix in broccoli and peppers and red onion and mushrooms and avocado. And so I'm always having all of these fruits and vegetables in my diet as much as possible. But the garlic and onions, research, tons of research just shows how powerful they are for health benefits. And then, you know, just the more vegetables you can eat, the better. The more green vegetables you can get in your diet, the healthier you're going to be. It's, it's, it's the most indisputable fact in nutrition because, you know, you take a look at the paleo guys who say that you can't eat grains, and then you take a look at vegetarians who say you can't eat meat, but common to every single diet, even Atkins, I believe, there's always been a large component of green vegetables in these diets. And so there's nobody out there arguing that green vegetables don't belong in your diet. So no matter what you believe about grains or meats or dairy or whatever, everyone's recommending you get lots more green vegetables, and I highly recommend it as well. And then finally, one more, one of the few supplements that I take is sometimes I'll use something called Athletic Greens. It's a greens drink product. Um, I don't even know what the website is for it, but Athletic Greens is the product. I use it. I put some of it into my first blender drink of the day. I'm going to talk more about those blender drinks next week along with training tips from the, the latest tips from the Men's Health December 2010 issue. There was a couple of interesting things in there. Plus, the research review is on the most effective weight loss websites. So we'll talk about what those have in common next week. Until then, wishing again all my American friends a happy Thanksgiving. And to everyone else, I hope you're getting ready for the holiday season. No matter where you are, down under, up above, Arctic Circle, if Santa's listening, I hope everybody has a great day and a great seven week or seven days and seven weeks of fat burning and getting lean and staying lean. So this is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye, everyone.